Well, good morning. As promised, we will start into the actual uh, verses in Ecclesiastes today. So uh, start uh, opening your Bible to Ecclesiastes. I've shortened that many times. I'm sure you'll laugh at me when I say Ecclesiastes and I don't finish. Let's just stuff like I just did there. Uh, so you know where I'm at. ECC, ECC, Ecclesiastes. We will be in chapter 1. And verse 1, and as we look at this, remember the the, the readings uh, you have done in 1 Kings, uh, and hopefully you've done and continue to do it. It's so good, those um, first 11 chapters especially, uh, to keep track of what's going on. And uh, and just looking at the life of David and life of Solomon, hopefully this whets your appetite. Um, so Ecclesiastes 1.1, God bless you, let's get going. Verse 1, the words of the teacher... Um, could be defined preacher. Um, it's it's uh, in the Greek or the Hebrew. It's Q O H E L E T H. Uh, it's about someone who teaches. Uh, it has the picture of teaching to uh, a group of people. But really, um, um, in my studies, Ecclesiastes is really kind of a book to his son, who would follow in line with him. Rehoboam would fall uh, fall in line. And become uh, uh, the next king. Little did Solomon know that as uh, at his death, the kingdom would be divided into two different kingdoms, the north and the south, ten tribes in one and two tribes in the other. Uh, here's a little um, um, insight again into who wrote this. The son of David uh, could have been any of David's sons. But if you look at the next, it says king in Jerusalem. Um, if you go to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 2, 1 Kings chapter 2, um, it's important to understand um, what's going on and why this is listed in here, why he says Jerusalem. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 2, I have it right in front of me, it took me a minute, but 1 Kings chapter 2 verses 10 through 12, uh, pay attention to what it says here. Then David rested with his fathers and when he was buried in the city of David, which is Jerusalem. He had reigned 40 years over Israel, seven years in Hebron or Hebron and uh, 33 in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne in his uh, of his father David and his rule was established. And what throne did he sit on and what city did he sit on in the city of Jerusalem? The first king after the judges, when the, the Israelites cried for a king, uh, they were given Saul, and Saul's kingdom was set up in Hebron. And when David took over, he was there for seven years in Hebron or Hebron, however you pronounce it. Uh, again, I'm not perfect in this. But the only two kings who sat on the throne in Jerusalem before the kingdom was divided was David and his son Solomon. So there's another clue as to who the writer is here in uh, in Ecclesiastes, uh, verse two, meaningless, meaningless in the old or in the King James, vanity, vanity says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. You can feel of uh, Solomon starting this letter by saying there is nothing, nothing that isn't vain, that isn't empty, that isn't meaningless. And if you read or quit right there, you would say that this is a book of depression. But we need to understand that Ecclesiastes is toward the end of Solomon's life. He's looking backwards, and he's saying that everything, everything that he endeavored to do and that life offers you is really meaningless. Uh, verse 3, what does man gain from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? Now turn to the New Testament 
the book of Mark, the book of Mark. And let's look at this because Jesus carries on this um, this verse here and actually defines it a little more and brings uh, more meat to the bones, if you will. Mark chapter 8, verses 36 uh, through 38. Mark chapter 8, verses 36 through 38. And it says this, Jesus was speaking to his disciples uh, verse 36 of chapter 8. What good is it if a man, uh, for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And, and go back again to Ecclesiastes 1.3. What does man gain from all of his labor at which he toils under the sun? And what what uh, what he is saying here is that he literally gains nothing if he loses his own soul. Jesus finishes this this thought in Mark chapter eight and says, "If you gain everything but you lose your soul, you have really truly lost everything." And then uh, he finished it up uh, by saying, "Under the sun, remember." Um, 29 times in Ecclesiastes, uh, the term under the sun or under heaven is used 26 times, says under the sun, which is from a human perspective, from an earthly perspective, and three times he uses under heaven, which is a, a, a heaven down perspective or a spiritual perspective as he looks over everything. Generation come and generation go, uh, but the earth remains forever. Um, what he's saying basically is life is short. It isn't uh, something that we can count on forever. So what we do with that life is incredibly important. Uh, go to James chapter 4. James chapter 4 verses 13 through 17. James says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? It You are a mist, a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will uh, live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag, all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. When you know to do good, get about doing good. It isn't to earn your salvation. It really is to showcase the work that God has done in your life. Um, the earth may remain the, the earth may have long lives, a uh, long life, and generations come and go, he says, but your life isn't so, um, it is short. It is just a short period. In the midst of all these fires, in the midst of all these, this, this tragedy, we need to probably be really, uh, cognizant of the fact that we are not here for a long period of time. There is an urgency that I believe the Holy Spirit has given me, and I am sharing with more boldness than I've ever shared before, and I will not apologize for that. And I am praying for you as well. The sun rises, the sun sets, and hurries back to where it rises. It's this cycle. It continues. It's ongoing. It's another day. It's the drudgery is what he's talking about. Um, the wind blows to the south, turns to the north, round and round it goes, ever returning on its course. There's just this continuation and life just goes on. And you and I know this very well. Verse seven, all, str all streams flow into the sea and yet the sea is never full to the place the streams come from. 
Um, there they return again. This is that kind of hydrologic, wow, I can't say that word, hydrologic, it's early in the morning where I'm at, hydrologic cycle of the first century BC. It is that, um, the, the water cycle, it is the coming down, it's the going back up, it's the rain and the dew and the mist and all this. And so even though the Bible isn't a book about science, there are some things in there that you can look and you can go, wow, way ahead of its time, right? All things are wearisome more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing nor the ear it's full uh, of hearing. Aren't we always looking for more? Isn't man always looking for more? Aren't we always looking for the next thing, the best thing, the greatest thing? And he says, the eye is never full. The ear is never full. Uh, we're always listening. We're always looking. We're on Facebook, you know, 27 hours a day, eight days a week. We're looking for something to believe in. And Solomon starts out by saying, we are never going to be filled. Nothing that this world has to offer is ever going to satisfy. Verse 9. What has been will be again, and what has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. Uh, underline that. I need to underline that real quick. Give me a second. Um, I forgot to underline that. That's another one of the under the suns, right? Through the uh, perspective of man looking out at uh, his accomplishments or his lack of accomplishments, looking out at the world. And if you aren't looking with those eyes this morning at what's going on in our world and saying it is vanity, it is useful, uh, uselessness, it is meaningless, all except a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you're not looking really truthfully at what's it, what is it about. In John chapter uh, for Jesus ministers to um, the Samaritan woman. And after he ministers to the Samaritan woman, he looks at his disciples and says, the harvest is ripe. It's ready. It's now. Um, he In Luke chapter 19, he's walking down the road. Zacchaeus is up in a tree. And he calls up to Zacchaeus and said, come down, we're going to have dinner at your house today. And then in verse uh, chapter 19, verse 10, he says, the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Jesus is surrounded by crowds, but he's always interested in individuals. The woman at the well, Zacchaeus, the story of the 99, uh, the sheep, the 100 sheep, believing the 99 go after the one makes no sense unless you're the one he's going after. There is nothing new under the sun. It is all cyclical. We think that things uh, uh, are just this, we're growing, 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 evolving, evolving, evolving. Look at fashions and look at our lives and we, be, we repeat history. That's why we can't erase history. We need to learn from history. Um, verse 10, is there anything of which one can say, look, this is something new. It was here already long ago, he said. It's not really something new. It may be tagged new. It may have a new look. It may have a. Uh, it may be improved, but it really isn't anything that is new. It's nothing that's going to be something that's going to 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 better our lives truthfully because we are just here for a season and we're really truthfully here to love God with everything within us and to love um, our neighbors as ourselves. Verse 11 is where we will end today. There is no remembrance of men of old and even those who are yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow. We, uh, this, this group of people was so into generation and so into genealogy and yet he says, everybody's going to be forgotten. Even the ones who haven't been born yet, one day will be forgotten. I am taping this on 9-11. 
and how soon uh, did it, how long did it take us to forget all of our fallen um, uh, people in this world who were attacked that day um, uh, senselessly and they, they, they gave their lives on the day, a day they woke up to go to work just like every other day and, and many, many, many did not come home. And it doesn't take us very long to forget. We need to remember that our lives are more important than what we do and where we go and what we own. It is not about activity and it's not about possessions. It's about having a relationship with the God of this world. Let me pray for us in closing. In Numbers chapter 6, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you till we talk again.